0: Hey, what's going on? greens and good day, and welcome to the 181st edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays for the second time this week. Um, if you haven't heard it, Monday, we put up an episode where we talked about the old guy. There was news about Troy Chilowiczki, there was news about Josh Donaldson, there was news about Kendrick Morales. There was all kinds of breaking. That's, that's, that's really our beat, the breaking, the hot takes, the quick Turnarounds—that's really how we operate uh, in this space in, in Birds All Day, as we have for the last 181 episodes. Uh, so, but today, as we promised before, we're going to talk about the kids. We're going to talk about uh, the youth movement, which is well underway in Toronto, uh, sort of. At least the players are younger and less good. So that's kind of where we're coming from. And and as I've mentioned many times before. Uh, my partner for all, or nearly all, 181 episodes of Birds All Day. Uh, you know him as a prospect guru and maven, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I know him as old reliable, old reliable, Mister Stoughton. Stoughton, How are you?
1: Uh, I'm well, old reliable, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Old reliable, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. The prospect guru, maven. How are you? You, you know, you know, that, I, that's your beat.
1: That's that's right. I just I'm out there. I'm on the backfields. I'm watching all the all the kids play. Really differentiating them. I have. Uh, you know i'm just blessed with a, an incredible memory i don't even have to look up stats on every single prospect any time i talk about them uh it's just all up in the old noggin it's uh it's it's quite remarkable really uh when you think about it
0: i, I like to fashion myself as something of a of a prospect guru as well i was called out um a couple of different guys uh on twitter who have interacted with before because we used to always talk about Christian Yelich, being like, yo, Christian Yelich is so great. And not because, obviously, he's already made it to the big leagues and was obviously a young player with a very promising profile. Like, not, not like the writing was on the wall. Me and these other guys whom I've never met, we knew something. We could see something was out there. I, I like to think, anyway. You know, other than the fact that, yes, obviously Christian Yelich is a good player, has been a good player. Uh, this is part of our new movement, as I mentioned, Christian Yelich, towards Brewers all day. The Brewers <laughs> only podcast. As we have jumped ship from both the Blue Deers and the Angels to the Brewers, because we need to get that sweet, sweet playoff revenue. We need to get that playoff bump, and the Brew Crew is in promising position. I know, Stoughton, you've got countless opinions, strong, well held, and informed opinions on the Brewers and what they're doing right
1: now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Can't wait to dive in, uh, uh, you know, like I'm the, uh, the Miller Park. Guy, what the fuck is his name? Going down this fucking slide? I don't know. Bernie Brewer. Bernie Brewer, that's right. Bernie yes. Brewer. Well, so, uh, I concentrate on the players so much, you know, so I, I don't necessarily remember the mascot names.
0: Or the, I, if I remember correctly, the last time the Blue Jays played against the Brewers, there was a woman in yellow sitting behind the plate that got a lot of attention. I don't know if anybody remembers that when last time the Blue Jays were in Milwaukee. Somebody out there will will, will remember. It was a topic of much conversation, this a young lady behind the plate. Again, all all part of the bigger Brewers picture. Uh, the Brewers, although they may they may hold a an interesting model for the Blue Jays in the future, in that the what the Brewers are doing now, uh, and, and there was someone, I, I his name ex- escapes me, and for that I apologize. Um, but just basically, like screw defense, like don't bother with any defense whatsoever. Just eliminate the pretense of caring about defense. Use positioning, so many strikeouts. Just put pylons at every position and just try to hit. I mean, they've got Eric Thames playing in the outfield almost like every time they have an opportunity. They got Mustakis, they got Travis Shaw. They've just got so many terrible or well, well guys playing out of position. Really, Aguiar is a monster, but like, is he a defender? God only knows who's going to be playing. And then, well, they have Oswaldo Arcia, who's an amazing shortstop, but he can't hit a lick. But I, I like that. I think, and I think. As we look for room and places to hide our enormous son Vladimir Guerrero Jr., then maybe that can be the Blue Jay style as well.
1: Here's hoping. Well, you know, it would be nice if they got a new Joke Stadium, and that would definitely be able to help them. I think, right? Uh, the Brewers obviously having one of their own. Uh,
0: they have indeed cornered the market on Joke stadiums.
1: It's a it's a good market. It is uh, robust. Uh, as they say, yeah, no, I don't know. The, the, the Jays certainly have a bunch of guys who can't play defense.
0: They have uh, one. One other thing. So, I, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the kids, but not maybe a little bit about the, those who mentioned. We'll, and we'll talk real quick about Josh Johnson as well. One thing I wanted to add, and, and one thing I observed today, um, were in by doing the silly things that I we do, like just going on fan graphs and like looking at leaderboards and things. The 2018 Blue Jays stand to go down as the worst base-running team in club history. Which, you know, it's hard to believe when you look at that (laughs) elite group of athletes that they've got out there. Um, But so far, the Blue Jays, uh, as a a collective, have been worth, well, basically negative two and a half wins just on base-running alone. And a lot of that, I don't even think a lot of that's getting thrown out and making outs on the bases because they're all too fucking slow to even pull that off.
1: Yeah, it does. Seem, um, so yeah. between,
0: so between, I mean, between Smoke and Russell Martin and uh, Kendrys Morales uh, and uh, whoever else is out there, I don't think Teasker Hernandez is breaking any any records as a base runner. Uh, the little bit of Donaldson that they had, Devin Travis, like they have no good base runners whatsoever. Oh, Kevin Pillar is a good base runner. Yeah, uh, but that's it, and it's the worst base running team in club history. Uh, the second worst was the 2017 Blue Jays, who had, um, you know, had a lot of the same leaden, leaden players, lead footed players. But they also had uh, Jose Bautista, who's not necessarily the slowest, but he's uh, you know a maniac, which I love and, and, and can't get enough of. So. Just the, just a, a, bit of a, the more you know, just another, another layer to add to like what makes this twenty eighteen Blue Jays team like really sometimes difficult to watch. It's that they are terrible on the bases and terrible defenders.
1: It sure as hell fucking doesn't help, does it? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the running stuff. I uh, obviously I completely believe you, but also. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's been all that noticeable. Like it's been, a, it's been a quiet terribleness. Because, like you say, they're not trying to steal bases. They're just not even bothering with that, right? They are just uh, there. There are no ways that they are offsetting the lost value. They're just letting uh, that all accrue. I don't know. Was, but, uh, I, I
0: really yeah. believe that a lot of it is just missed opportunities to take an extra base. Sure. Yeah. Not scoring from second on a base hit to the outfield. Not going first to third when. The, in that in the average situation the average base runner and um, the aggregate would have done so uh and and the bully Jays don't have those up to they've hit into a, a, lo, a lot of double plays as well um not the most because they don't get on base the most but um it all just adds up to being a bit of a miserable package um to sit through I mean you know there there has been some talk you see some people talk well there's been a lot of bad sends this year and uh, Louis Rivera is a that's yeah. not good in his windmill role. i never one to second guess the, the sending and the and the that that belief, but uh, I just think you just look at the the collection of athletes standing around the diamond. Doesn't leave a lot to be desired. Yeah,
1: and I think you're right. The the Louis Rivera stuff is a bit silly.
0: It's like anything. It's a, it's like any any instructional role on a baseball team. It's so easy to second guess based exclusively on. The last result that you've seen. You know, people are, you know, your people email you in your capacity as president uh, (laughs) uh, of of the Blue Jays. Yeah, sometimes. Say you need to fire the hitting coach, uh, which they may well need to fire the hitting coach. But fuck if you or I or emailing Joe know why they might need to fire the hitting coach.
1: Correct. But you're right. I mean, the hitting is another thing. So it's the base running, the Defense, the hitting, I think the pitching hasn't been great either. So that is those those four elements I think have all contributed to this being a poor season. <laughs> the hitting
0: isn't bad. The hitting is above average. It's on on the balance, like the team 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 wide. Um, sure. Oh, okay. Just, just in terms of again, I'm just looking at just a, what I when I was looking at this, I saw the weighted runs created plus was like 103 or something like that. It was similar to uh, to like decent team decent teams that have are that have, have got a decent offense. Uh, the, one of the reasons that made me think about this was actually uh, I saw Shohei Otani score from first on a double um, today. Double hit to left field, Lovely. and I oh, can't. Sure. It, it, yeah. it would be interesting to see if any Blue Jay has done that this year. <laughs> I mean, that, he scored. He scored standing up with no throw,
1: yeah.
0: um, which was obviously l- l- related a little bit to the, the batted ball, which you can't obviously kind of include into that mixture, but also because he's like insanely fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And an aggressive base runner, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the latest in the Josh Donaldson saga. So, when last we spoke, he had his his locker had been emptied, and he was sent off, sent packing to uh, Florida to play uh, in a rehab game for the what are they called? The New Blue Jays. That's right. And then the game was threatened by weather, but they got it in, and he played, and everything was swell. And then the game he missed.
1: Well, he. The oh
0: game, no! That. that well, the this, game got canceled, right?
1: There was a, well, this that was the funny thing. It was uh, there were reports shy Davide at first, and then Steve Phillips found the same sources or something. Apparently, afterwards, uh, not, that, not that I'm questioning. Uh, uh, Steve Phillips sources, uh, but I, but yeah, uh, Shai found out that Donaldson was going to sit out the game on the second day with calf soreness. Um, we didn't know if that was necessarily just because, you know, because there was a setback, or if it was natural, you know, to have soreness after your first day getting back really into a game, up to game speed and everything. Uh, but that report came out. The game did get postponed, and then Donaldson did play today in the first game of the doubleheader that they had to uh, uh to make up for it so had that report not come out uh nobody would be the wiser to, to the fact that donaldson was hurting yesterday mm-hmm. um, uh, yet the the report did and I, I i tweeted about this i'm honestly curious like it, you know the it may not get to this just because the time is so short at this point but uh, the the, whether the report is going to be binding in any way to the idea that the Jays have to certify that he's healthy and that, uh, you know, I think an MLB doctor has to sign off on it. And I mean, I just, if they, if they're like, Hey, he didn't, he played two straight rehab games. Sure. That one was postponed. Uh, he's fine. Like if they're trying to make their argument, one could see the the uh, uh, MLB's, Head physician or whatever the fuck—I don't know what the position is. I'm sure it's some yeah. stooge who doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot except whatever the team says. I mean, fuck—if somebody wants to trade for Donaldson, it's not like they're—they they don't know what the hell they're they're getting into. Uh, but yeah, it would just be funny to see him cite that report uh, because that, of course, didn't ever need to become public, which. You know, that's that's that is shy doing a a, a wonderful job at his job and,
0: and doing a reporter's job and yeah, reporting and, on the yes, news that maybe yeah. the team does not want you to necessarily know, <laughs>
1: which I think is maybe you know as a tangent a thing to remember sometimes when people get critical of the Rogers folk.
0: Mm.
1: Though I you though, easily though, could have <laughs> just swallowed
0: though, that, or yeah. Though, though I um, think
1: I think shy and Ben and Arden and those guys and, and uh, there's there are different. People are in different categories, maybe over there on the entertainment side or reporting side of things. Sometimes, right?
0: very true. Um, uh, the one thing about this is the Blue Jays don't want to set themselves up to be exposed in any kind of like a damaged goods situation. Um, sure, they seem fucking desperate to make a trade, with Josh Donaldson, <laughs> uh, but they're not. You don't want to put themselves in a in a position where you are. Uh, what was the, well there have been a few you know re- recent instances where uh, teams were penalized for for um, for damaged goods or for not revealing all the extent of injuries that players thought they were getting or teams thought they were getting one yeah, player in one certain shape, but uh, I think there was a, there was a Marlins and Padres trade that was that uh, looked like that. So the Blue Jays don't want to do that. And then there was another report today that Donaldson said he, he wants to play at least one game at AAA. Before he goes back to the big leagues, which is really putting a damper on the Blue Jays' uh, timeline, and is really is leaving up, you know, just forcing the forcing many different hands. If it's like, well, I need to play which tomorrow, which would be Friday, I need to play a game at AAA, a AAA game Friday. So get me in that game, get me to the, wherever that needs to be, have that game be resolved, and then to try to make a deal. Uh, I ew, that seems. <laughs> It's, this is a mess. This is a fucking mess is what it is. Oh,
1: well, and, and, you know, uh, so Rob Longley of the Sun talked to Donaldson and that's where the, uh, the AAA thing came out. Longley's piece is now up as we speak. Uh, and he's going to add another layer to the mess. Uh, here's a quote from Donaldson from in the piece, uh, Uh, to have the confidence in my body to be able to produce at a high level has taken some time because of what's happened leading up to this point. That's why it's taking me a little longer to get to this point because of how everything has been handled. So uh, uh, Longley says, uh, follows that up saying, Donaldson says he's he's not ready to get into specifics, but it's clear he's not pleased with some of what's unfolded away from the field. And it's readily apparent from both sides that there is bad blood. So it's already a bit of a mess.
0: Oh, it's a mess. There's
1: mess upon mess. Yeah. What? Ah. Oh,
0: it really makes you wonder. Uh, we made we've made this joke before the Kawhi Leonard joke, and now like, the Kawhi Leonard number one is on his way uh, on his way in. As Kawhi Leonard number two, uh, the baseball Kawhi Leonard seems like he's on his way out. But uh, I. You know, a lot of us, you and I, I think, uh, are not exclusive or uh, immune to this, have been, have praised the Blue Jays for their progressive approach to, have, you know, prefer, personal performance and, uh, what's his name, Angus, Mc, uh, whatever, from IMG and um, just kind of look, trying to look at health in a different way, Um Seems as though there, from some players in particular, there might be a bit of a pushback that, well, um, on that.
1: Yeah, I, I think we'd heard that last year from Donaldson. Uh, you know, there, there was a piece because there, there was some discussion about this earlier tonight, and uh, on, on the Twitter, bringing up some old stories, and there was one about the uh, the high performance department that I think Arden wrote for Sportsnet last year uh, mm-hmm. that mentioned Bautista and Donaldson specifically. Uh, you know. Preferring to do it their ways, or preferring to bring in outside specialists of their own. You know, again, like you say, the fucking uh, baseball Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and I, I, I tweeted about it. I, I don't know if it was a reference to that. I do seem to recall somebody, like friend of a friend, like not you know industry whispers, but hearing somebody be like, "Yeah, this this is a problem." Uh, you know, Donaldson like Bautista doesn't like the. Uh, but doesn't like it, but it, but it, it is a thing. It's it's you know pushback is sort of natural when you do stuff like that that's different from what everybody's used to. We've seen that with you know the sabermetric conversation for the last fucking twenty years, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes it's not easy to get everybody to buy in. I mean, that's not an excuse for if, if shit went weird with the uh, with this relationship with a really important player. Uh, but that's and, and that's certainly very interesting, and it's but also you know. It's not like people are act, and this is what will bother me about where some of this conversation is going to go, because people are, you know, such fucking morons about things. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's, I, it would be stupid to assume there's bad faith on anyone's part. I mean, the Jays are as as invested in Josh Donaldson in 2018 as he is, right? I mean, everybody wants what's best for the for the player, I'm sure, Uh, but apparently uh the conf- it's but the sound of the quote is that there was a conflict between how best to achieve that and that's been the problem and i you know I, that's 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 not going to go that's not going to come off well for the jays but it's uh and maybe it shouldn't but that's uh i think something to keep in mind uh the,
0: the the big quote i think the one that that longley sort of led with on on uh, social media that is in that story was about a when the time when the time is right, Donaldson's going to um, yeah you know, let it all out. He's going to unleash. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned stories. Um, I've found it instructive a little bit to go back and read that Toronto Life profile. Yeah, I was looking um, at that
1: earlier too, actually. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a it doesn't take much of a bit of a different spin, a little try to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, it's all there, all the pieces fit. Uh, but that's that. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Donaldson. If something ridiculous happens in the next uh, 36 hours, or or however long until well, it's not even 36 hours. It's 24 hours until the trade will will have to be consummated. Um, maybe you'll hear from us again. But for now, we wish him the best and hope that uh, that he can get back on the field and play, even if it's in Toronto. Heaven forbid. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would,
1: that would be okay. Yeah,
0: that would be okay. You could do a lot worse. Uh, Let's talk about the kids, the children. Uh, Before we talk about the the children who are playing in Toronto right now, let's talk about the ones who, one of them who should be playing in Toronto, but isn't because the Blue Jays are uh, manipulating his service time. And that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's still raking a AAA. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. And uh, the other one, Kevin, uh, Kevin Biggio, they're all going to play in the Arizona Fall League.
1: Fucking Which right I there. think is yeah. terrific. Yeah. yeah,
0: I would not have expected I mean, that.
1: <laughs> well, they they got to make up for some lost reps that Vlad's going to get there in September, right? I mean, he, he should be playing for an extra month.
0: If only there was a way to accomplish <laughs> to, to accomplish that. Right? Does anyone have an idea yeah. how they might be able to get him some quality reps? Uh, and a, a point that I'm seeing more and more, especially coming from more of the prospect. Types, um, uh, Jeremy Seidler, Jeffrey Seidler uh, of, of Baseball Perspectives. I know Jeff uh, Paternostra, who we've had on here before. Yeah. Like, what about the development that he's missing out on by yeah. still facing fucking AAA pitching?
1: He's, I mean, he's going to be like a full calendar year from basically being challenged on a regular basis once he comes up to the majors, right? I mean, he's he wasn't... Challenged in double A, obviously. May you know, fuck. Maybe he wasn't challenged in single A, but uh, or or maybe he's never been. I don't know. But I mean that <laughs> you're absolutely right, and I think that's a uh, a thing to not be forgotten. I mean, they they could have had him learning, uh, you know, seeing what the best, and most advanced pitching in the world can do, and and adjusting and making, you know. Uh, because there are adjustment periods that have to that have to happen. You know, the the Mike Trout one is the, is a big, uh, you know, very obvious like glowing one that you see. But yeah, I mean, it's not like these guys necessarily are all going to hit the ground running. I guess maybe we don't give a shit about 2017 or sort 2019 or whatever the hell next year is going to be, uh, mm-hmm. since the the front office doesn't seem to give a shit about you know potentially bringing back a, a like seven win player, though. You know. That's those those, those hey. <laughs> days are probably behind him, yeah. Especially since, not to tangent too much on the Donaldson thing again, but like, it's been three years. I mean, we must have talked about this on last podcast, but it, it still boggles my mind that, you know, looking back as I did this week on stories from 2015, talking about, you know, problems with his calf that he was playing through. It's, uh, uh, you, you worry, you worry. You see maybe why the Blue Jays would worry. But yeah. anyway, but anyway... Back to
0: you know, so back to complaining about the back to the other story that we will continue to beat <laughs> into the ground until it, uh, <laughs> it changes. Uh, the fact that that is a valid argument that he's missing out on actual development time by facing Ch- pitching that can challenge him, but that is also operates under the assumption that the, the Blue Jays think there is development yet to to do.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose so.
0: which they don't. No. They just straight up don't believe that. They acknowledge, perhaps rightly, that he is as close to a finished project, a, a, a finished uh, product, as you could ever hope for any young player to be, and it's not going to hinder or help him. Uh, none of that stuff is going to make a difference to who he is in the long run, because this is exclusively about manipulating his service time. Hey. To which, yeah. like, why the, the the argument against it? The argument against bringing him up now is that you don't want to lose a year. But like what difference does it make if you bring him up like why bring him up at all next year then? Well like
1: right well yeah.
0: Like why why not wait? Why they, why why, why bring him up in April then? Why bring why not bring him up in May? Why not bring him up in June? Like Here, why bother? Here's the, the fucking
1: so no hmm? go I was just the, the galaxy brain answer to all this is you know the jays are trying to get the union to fucking represent minor league players better by making an example of how bad the the system is that they're just exploiting
0: that so. is a galaxy <laughs> break uh i think you just let him go you you let him exhaust his minor league free agency so you get leave him down there for seven years total and then you finally bring him up when you have to and then you trade him for more prospect that's the game right anyway uh, but Bich- he's going to play third base in in Arizona, which is which is nice that they're not going to try to trifle around send him in the outfield. Uh, uh, well, Bichette it, so- it sounds like
1: they're going to have a fucking opening at third base next year, so
0: <laughs> they just might. They're planning to be to, to do it that way. Uh, Bichette's going to play shortstop in Arizona, and Bichette's going to play the outfield.
1: So, I mean, that's how he was listed, at least, yeah. Um, which is which is interesting, but also given. The, I mean, obviously, the Jays are big on the, the, the versatility word. They use that a lot. And it gets, you know, maybe uh, maybe overdone. But to have Biggio be able to play the outfield, I think would be an asset for him. Uh, I don't know if they think he's a finished product at second base or what. But mm. also looking at the way that the roster is, at some point, it seems like some of those infielders, somebody's going to maybe have to move to the outfield or get traded, which obviously will happen at some point, I'm sure, as well, for at least like a couple when
0: of they Like when they trade Devin Travis?
1: If they tender him a contract, where we, we did we talk about that? We last did this, week?
0: yeah. yeah we did. Now I can't see him any other way. I'm like, oh, that's soon to be former Blue Jay, Devin Travis. He, he, he swung <laughs> swung the bat well this week.
1: <laughs> he like, uh, fuck. I, I don't think I tweeted it, but I was watching, and he I think went. He took his weighted runs Creative plus up eight points in a single game. It went from seventy two to eighty at one point, point. Uh, and yet it was still just eighty after like a monster game. He's been very bad. Not, has been quite bad. Not the greatest defensive second baseman I've ever had the pleasure of watching either. That In poor bastard.
0: Sec- his knee. I don't think his knee will ever be right. And playing on that on the the turf improved as it might be, still not probably not the greatest. Um, so let's let's move on. Okay. So let So if anyone wants to plan a trip to Arizona, everyone who goes to the fall league just raves about it. It's it's everything that spring training isn't because there's nobody there. And it's cold and miserable, sort of, because it's Arizona at night. Um, and I don't know. It sounds like you could stay. Like Talking Stick Resort is is. Um, they only do spread limit in Arizona, which is a little. Bit, no, wait, that's Colorado. Sorry, so you could play cards there. You can probably play some golf. Get out. You can watch the children playing baseball for a nickel or for it's free. I don't know, but you can just wander in and watch all these really like. This is this is no joke. This is like that year that they had with Trout and Bryce Harper. I think they played on the same team. Um, in 2011, I believe they were both um, in fall league, which is uh, the, the, like Bichette and, and Bijou, I worry about them maybe being a little fatigued, because um, I mean I figure Guerrero is going to go play winter league.
1: Seems well, like maybe may not. Though you're though obviously, like we say, got to make up for lost time. And how other, what other way would there possibly be? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But
0: anyway, if you're planning. A trip to Arizona, I would recommend. I've never been, but I'd love to go. So, include me in your plan. Send me a message. Be on the plane. I'll maybe. Anyway, we'll talk about the rest of that. Yeah, um, let's.
1: We'll, we'll do a. We'll do a podcast from down there. Let's do it.
0: Arizona podcast. There we go. Beautiful downtown Tempe. <laughs> uh, they do the facilities like the few of the facilities down there are pretty much Salt River Field. Uh, talking Stick and uh, I don't oh, know, some really yeah. some really great places. I'd love to go. Um, uh, I wish it wasn't in Arizona though.
1: I don't know. I, the whole time I'm just like, well, Born used to live there. He could tell us where some decent bars are at least. Most of which you probably have to fucking drive your car to because that's what it's like. Uh, drive through liquor store. Hey, they got are <laughs> building an. A,
0: yeah, I think they're building an LRT in uh, in Phoenix. Hey, which wh-
1: uh, more than what. Uh, what Weren't we supposed to have some LRTs? Like, Wasn't that years ago?
0: The one is going to be done in 2021, 2022. Finch will go fast. Eglinton will go slow because they're trying to dig it down. It's not, it's not so simple.
1: <laughs> it, uh, the solution in Peterborough, which I, f- I feel we've talked about this, but uh, one of the two cab companies in town is owned by the mayor.
0: Yeah, yeah. You...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like some fucking like, soap opera Bullshit, it's fucking stupid, uh, which, you know, I don't have any direct evidence to show, because I don't fucking, I, I think I could live stream the city council meetings, or just walk over and, and look at them, but, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be serious here, <coughs> but uh, <coughs> um, I don't think that our transit is very efficient, and that may those two things may be linked, is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> i don't i I don't think that that's off above uh, off the board to suggest uh let me tell you though one more thing watching city council meetings like live streaming and watching them live on youtube or watching them at your desk there's no recovering from that <laughs> once you get to that point where you're watching like live debate of city council especially like
1: uh, well i mean it th-
0: hell, hell hath no like nothing is worse than the average city councilor the average one. Some of them are great. Others are just among the worst people that have ever walked here. <laughs> I'm sure the listener could put their put two or two together, figure out who I may be referring to. But uh, listen, watching those grandstanding morons who haven't even bothered to read the motion, they don't know anything about anything, and they're so proud of it. Oh, anyway, it's,
1: yeah. Though, though, when the city would stop for the previous mayor's uh, just fucking insane. Council sessions, or all, all you know when when that was, when that was like a phenomenon. Uh, that was worth watching. There was a lot of I, lost productivity in Toronto those days when it was just like, I, "What is going on over there?"
0: Go and find the video. Some somebody called Mammalady Gino Boy, and he <laughs> and Rob Ford chased the oh, guy
1: yeah,
0: into the elevator. It is absolute insanity to watch. Uh, There's no place for that. There are so many better words to describe Bama Lady that I would love to share with him in his face, given even half (laughs) of Everyone talks about door knockers, like, yo, please come and knock on my door. I I would lie to anyone to get Faith Goldie to come knock on my door just so (laughs) I can have my wife standing there with her phone recording it. Oh, it would be beautiful. Uh, So the teens are up. Panona has made two starts Ryan Barucky uh, finally started a home run and then he started a whole bunch more uh, uh you know Sean Reed Foley was up and then he's gone back down Billy McKinney um is the kid that, let's start with McKinney sure um well, see, I, I think for a lot of us he was the kind of a throw in in the in the J-Hap trade um the guy is really easy to root for i guess he is like a I don't know. It's almost you're like saying, a derogatory term, but he's he's a ball he's, player. Like,
1: yeah, I see what you're saying. I hear your code, Drew. <laughs> he works hard. He's a real hard
0: worker, real hustle, real grit and grind. Uh, but no,
1: it's, he he does. He looks he it looks easy for him out there. He's he's not giving away at bats. You know, I think uh, I, I, you he's a guy that makes you fucking uh, start sounding like your fucking Pat Tabler. But uh, but I don't know. Nice. Sure, it's I I remember snarking very early on because he was piling up hits, and I'm like, somebody said something about him, uh, you know, in a positive way, and I'm like, oh, he's taking the Ryan Goins path because Goins, of course, uh, you know, played his way into Jays fans' hearts partially because Jose Reyes was so terrible, uh, <laughs> but also partially because uh, because he really came came on fire. He, like he had a, a like an eight game hitting streak or six game hitting streak to start his Jays career or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Sure, somebody will correct me on that, but he he was hot at the start, and it's like, oh, this is something I remember it last year with Richard Urania a little bit, uh, and then he fell off immediately, app. and Teoscar happened. So I've kind of at first was like, okay, you know, this is this is small sample size stuff. But the more you watch McKinney, the more you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I I think I can, I you know, I see why people are are, are liking him and and why he's more than just you know, you look at sort of pedestrian numbers. Uh, it is, you know, when you were looking at him after the trade, it is his time the Yankee system was he with the A's before, I guess? And the Cubs has he been, mm-hmm, he's been mm-hmm. everywhere? I think was he, was he an A's pick and then went to the Cubs and then went to the Yankees and uh, the Chapman deal and something? We don't need to tell, I, I don't know. it doesn't fucking matter. I'm sure people are screaming at the fucking speakers telling me what the A's, <laughs> Cubs, Yankees. That's right. All <laughs>
0: you're they're all you're all there,
1: yeah. Was he in the um. That's uh, uh Addison Russell trade as well did he go
0: that uh, that might uh that might make That's sense That's how he got but to I, the Cubs I think but anyway the important thing is yes. he's a, he's a, the 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 easy comp is Brett Gardner cuz they have some similar physical similarities <laughs> yeah uh the Yankees you know time in the Yankees organization but but like Brett Gardner I think million years ago I might have written a post for like a I don't. I think I wrote something like, "Why doesn't every team have a player like this?" Um, because like a guy who's a bit of an OBP machine, who runs the bases really well, who's a, like an excellent to of average outfielder. And I, mean, I don't know if I can't necessarily speak to McKinney's true abilities in the outfield. He looks better than Tasker Hernandez out there. Well, um, yeah, and and, and I, whether or not you, obviously, he's kind of gone a little crazy with the with the power and that's not who he is. He's not obviously not going to slug 700 for his career, Billy McKinney, but uh, the pieces and the package in this like really brief 50 plate appearance cameo, it's really encouraging. It's, it's, it's a kind of, he's a nice counterpoint to the Teoscar Hernandez, Randall Grichik, really like all power, you know, Grichik is a bit more well-rounded. Uh, I just, he, he, he's like a, almost like an enhanced version of Polar, like a corner outfielder version of Pilar, but someone who is Good so Lord. far and in the minor <laughs> leagues too, has shown an ability to draw a walk and, uh, and, and someone who has got some on-base skills and uh, I don't know, he's definitely going to insert himself into that outfield conversation for next year and the years, uh, years to come.
1: I, yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. And it's, it's funny how you know. On one hand, it's like okay, yeah, teams do need those kind of guys, and and you know the raising the floor thing is, is a you know a thing we talked about ad nauseum in the spring. Um, and he's a guy who sort of fits into that, but also fits into the idea that maybe they're just sort of collecting assets and collecting guys who, you know, we we think there are other teams that will give us more for McKinney than we feel we're giving up in terms of like the aggregate, how they all add up, you know, whatever the fuck they think a transaction is. And I don't know if that, so I'm not saying that they don't want to necessarily keep him or, or, or what, but as we're moving towards, uh, you know, in the coming years, they are going to have to sort of consolidate their roster a little bit. And we think it's going to be around the and Guerrero for obvious reasons. And that there's, you know, there's room for guys to, to, uh, over the rest of this this season, over next season probably as well, to claim a job, to make it clear whether or not they're a part of the future or should be or not. You know, Devin Travis kind of making it look like not this year. Oledmus uh, Diaz maybe is and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, uh, but just having guys who are major league caliber guys, even if they're bottom of the roster kind of guys, will once the sort of consolidation process – Begins a little more in earnest, be valuable, right? I mean, they, they'll, you know, you mentioned, and we're going to talk about the Pannones and the Baruckis and the, the Reedful, like, they need more pitching. Um, mm-hmm. And fortunately for them, they seem to be in a place where uh, it shouldn't be too difficult for them to pick a couple pieces off the bottom of their big league roster and say, here, like, like what can we get? Like, can we get a pitcher for these guys? Because we have a Bingio coming up, which is part, you know, goes into why he's playing outfield as well. We have a Guriel, we have a Bichette, you know, Kevin Smith is coming. All, you know, the the fact that they hope that the pipeline is going to start uh, producing stuff well. So I don't, so I guess what I'm saying is I don't really know how McKinney fits in, if he's more of an asset or if he's more of somebody who, uh, is something that they're thinking about more long term, but uh, but yeah, it's been it, it's it's been enjoyable to watch, and I know that it's the the Teoscar setting the bar low thing is a thing I think for sure, but it certainly is just a much more like on a physical level as an observer, just a much more comfortable thing to have a ball hit out to left field and be like, okay, that's routine, as opposed to well, okay, let's see what the fuck happens here. <laughs> the adventure begins. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that um, is stressful.
0: I, I to me it's interesting also that you could say all the same things about Gritchick, right? I mean Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: And and even Teoscar. I mean Teoscar the, yeah. the acquisition cost was yeah. so low. Um Gritchick they paid a bit of a higher price and and yeah, we don't the, the chances of Grano Gritchick being on the next good Blue Jays team are pretty slim.
1: Yeah, I but think it's I think it's going to be pretty fluid for some of these guys for the next you know, little while. Yeah.
0: The, that but that's that's exactly the... the what they're hoping to do is bring a guy in like that recoup help him recoup some value you know if, if he if he plays well that's great then you could turn around somebody else is going to want to get uh, a piece of him um in a couple of years or as he gets closer to free agency and the blue jays are just going to keep triage or uh, arbitraging their way along <laughs> and uh, never win but they'll have um you know really deb- you know captured a lot of equity which i think is what we're all rooting for The ability to no, I know what you you know I'm going to say that. (laughs) Well, I think uh, so. As we move to the pitchers, they they are going to need some pitching and and the early kind of returns on some of these um, young guys. Well, they're not. I would be a fool if I tried to make too much of the struggles or the, the 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 a couple of bad outings or an outing that is that is not satisfactory or however you want to look at it, but. Just from a stuff perspective, I feel like we like to talk about the 2016 Blue Jays, for example, as a team that had like five or four number two starters in a way, um, between you know Stroman and Sanchez and and Happ and Estrada. Um, this this kind of collection looks like it's a bunch of guys who would hope <laughs> maybe be number four starters.
1: Yeah, a little more right, a little like, little a,
0: like that, yeah, you know Baraki the whole the whole oh, he misses barrels and and he uh, you know, he moves the ball around and, and then all of a sudden he goes and gets lit up and it, you see what happens. You see that that how ra- how razor thin that margin is and and uh, and Pannone as well. And then, you know then the other side of that is the guy, the Sean Reed Foley, the, the stuff guy. He goes gets his brains beat out too because uh, it's a difficult game.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, his stuff's pretty good, but it's i don't I, I don't know uh was it uh was it Billy Epler who was tweeting about uh responding to some of it just about how velocity is just like by far the the like biggest predictor of success uh which is something that the blue jays have uh, a trend that they've sort of bucked a little bit and we' are still seeing it in these uh in these guys who are who are coming up like your Pannones and your uh your Baruckis. I mean Reed fully throws a little bit harder um but he's not. He's not what you know. A lot of teams have guys who you know like who just with bigger fastballs than what the Jays have. And it's uh, it, it's been really interesting to watch over the last few years. Uh, Josh Hausman, who works at uh, uh, BP Toronto, does amazing stuff on uh, on pitching, and he was a pitcher and, and the mechanical stuff is, uh, is is always on point and excellent. And he's he's. Uh, uh, just clever with thinking about how the Jays could be thinking about things and has sort of identified that they're looking at guys with outlier fastballs or, uh, and, and guys who, you know, uh, uh, there's a perhaps feeling, or it's, you know, he's spotting a trend and has been writing, writing about it for a couple of years of how the Jays are, are, are looking at maybe an inefficiency there with guys who don't have the velocity, but have other things that can, uh, that can help them be successful. But, you're, go- you're goddamn right. It looks like a collection of fours when they uh, when you you bring them all together here. There's not somebody who, and, and who like you know you just come up and you're drooling on all the stuff. Like I think Aaron Sanchez is a guy who that was the case for. Marcus Stroman was a guy, even though not necessarily overpowering. You know you look at the kitchen sink of of you know the arsenal that he had. Uh, and just how how some of those pitches move, and so I mean it's a it's a different thing, and that's you know you can kind of get a more visceral appreciation and get get involved, get behind believing in those guys having success. It doesn't always work out that way, obviously. Uh, and you know that the Jays, I their approach seems to be that you know if they got a, if they get a couple of threes out of like six guys who are, who are you know sitting or get a couple of fours out of them uh, out of you know these talented but not you know overpowering kind of starters that they have i think that they'd be pretty happy about that and so they're probably going to be grow, growing pains with panone and with baraki and uh, it, and you know the guys who may follow them you know following behind them uh, you know your tj zox and and whoever the fuck else I'm drawing a blank on all the goddamn pitchers who aren't nate pearson right now or eric pardee yeah. <laughs> or they're, who are the real like exciting ones mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit interesting, but I'll, I'll say I I'm I'm like I'm hesitant to shit on it too much. I mean, it's because you need those guys, much like in the same way we were talking about with McKinney and with the, the you know bottom of the roster position players. Uh, but also, just I I feel like I'm always wrong i I, at, I look at Cleveland's roster and I'm like, who Mike Clevenger? He looks like he fucking sucks. And then it's like, oh no, wait—he's actually uh, quite good, and and very,
0: I, very, very good. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and maybe that's just my uh, my inability to pay proper attention to the, the fucking details of what some of these guys are doing out there. But uh, I also think... but I don't know. I feel there's some. I feel there's there could be that kind of a oh that guy probably sucks thing from some of these guys. But one of them turns out like no, he, he manages to figure out how to get by.
0: Mike Clevenger and Marcus Stroman more specifically are the exact case studies for the power of velocity and the prevalence of velocity because Marcus Stroman for all intents and purposes throws insanely hard. Marcus Stroman up until this year, he averaged like last year he averaged almost 94 miles an hour on his fastball. It yeah. means he was touching 95, 96. Ninety six miles an hour from the guy who is five nine, yeah. or however however tall they lift him, a guy who is we all know for his kitchen sink approach for you know he throws all this, these different pitches and he he can split it and he, he can cut it he can sink it he he throws a splitter and a or a, a slider and a curve and all these different all this different stuff uh, he throws bonkers hard he throws harder than probably I, I, I don't quote me I'm sure he throws harder than Dwayne Ward at his heart on this at his hardest time. <laughs> the, hardest, the hardest pitch that Dwayne would ever threw in a game was probably Marcus Stroman's average fastball in 2017. Now, Stroman, of course, his velocity is down this year, um, which is ne- never something you'd like to see, and also maybe suggesting uh, why he is struggling relative to, uh, well, it may be some of his underlying metrics and his, his track record. Uh, Clevenger is another guy. Clevenger, whose velocity this year is up, he averages not, uh, 93.7 miles an hour in his fastball but like these are guys who go and just throw 94, you touch 95, touch 96 sometimes like it's nothing. And they throw hundred pitches a game. And like that, those are the, where I'll, I'll use like table stakes. Like, so yeah, maybe there is an inefficiency. Maybe you can find um, some bargains or some decent deals, or you can get something out of a, of a guy. But, and and as, as, as you take this sort of larger collection of software throwing guys and kind of throw them against the wall and see what, see what sticks. And, I think Peter Gammons actually wrote about something that uh, this week about Shade Bieber being like, maybe control is going to come back. And it's like, yeah, but like, it's hard to argue. You just look at the, 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 the expected outcomes of a, of a, of a, of a pitch and the slugging percentage against the pitch. And every mile per hour, you go up that slugging percentage on those pitches goes down and down and down and down as it, as the velocity creeps up the ability to drive and, 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 and do damage to those pitches goes down and, it's it's difficult to refute at this point. So, if if you're trying to save money, or you're trying to find you know the diamond in the rough, you want to find the next Marco Estrada,
1: or you awesome yeah, or you you need you know to fill out your AAA roster and basically need to find six pitchers in an off season.
0: Yeah, so it, it's, it's it's it goes back to something that has been sort of long said about AAA, where all the gas is at double A, all these like the high yeah. profile, high octane prospects and Triple A is a kind of junk ball, shitballing journeyman, or or guys who are looking for cups of coffee. Um, so so maybe you know you if you're the Jays, you're hanging your hat more so on on the Sean Reed fold. But then you see like the Connor Green example we talked about, Grichik. So the Jays had a guy who maybe had that better stuff and never was able to turn it around. Never was able to uh, to turn himself into a pitcher instead of a thrower. To to, uh, to, to borrow a a tired old. Uh, baseball announcer uh, term and they've turned and then maybe they'll turn it into to Gritchick and then they can turn him into something else one day too other than you know a nice player that is uh, fun to watch so sure sure sure. Grichik, fun to watch um where is Connor Green how do you spell Connor Green anyway I was just gonna check in on our our friend Connor Green (laughs)
1: uh I think it's ER Eh, whatever. I don't care that much. Okay,
0: good. Um, but yeah, so so then again, so that's that's sort of where we are. Bruckey is Barucki is showing he's kind of. I mean, he's the second in terms of wins above replacement on on, on FanGraphs in particular. Uh, he is the the third most valuable starter this year in his twelve starts with his. Uh, I mean, again, his big thing is is keeping the ball inside the ballpark, which is a, a, a valuable skill
1: indeed. If it,
0: if it is a skill, then yes, it is. If it is a skill, that's uh, exactly exactly it. Uh, I don't know. So then there's. I mean, that's kind of all. We we didn't touch. We're not gonna. We don't to talk about them all too much in too much detail. Pinone, uh, Sam Gavilio, which was a nice story early on, kind of held the team together for a bit, but uh, looking very much like what we would expect from a guy like Sam Gavilio at this point.
1: Yeah, funny how that often happens. Yeah
0: it sure does but you can't you can't uh, scoff at the innings that he has provided uh so so far oh and and uh, it, big news big news we t- most of the, these guys are starters um in the bullpen friend of the pot, murphy smith oh yeah getting the call up
1: <laughs> not one of the kids per se No. He, well, getting the call they, up yeah
0: he he was a starter that he was a kind of a spot starter emergency starter for the bison's a lot and now he i believe they said he's uh, he's 31 yeah, and uh, making this this big league debut, making the taking those big league checks,
1: fucking which, right, uh, good for yeah. him.
0: He, I was watching him in that fucking god awful game against the Orioles the other night. Uh, he deserved a much better fate than he received. He uh, gave got tagged with a bunch of runs, and it was bloops and bleeders, and one that went right through Russell Martin, and just not getting any help. Yeah. But uh, hopefully he gets a couple more chances. He's pitched twice, so hopefully he gets some more chances to get out there and, and uh, keep making those checks. Stay on the roster, through, at least for the rest of the season. Friend of the pot, who's never been on. Doesn't know it exists. Right. I, I would, if, <laughs> if he did, I would be shocked.
1: I assume, I think you're probably right, he doesn't.
0: <laughs> but
1: we'll always have
0: uh, that time in double A when he was striking out a guy, one guy per inning. Almost. For a while, uh, and so I, I don't know. That's that's kind of it.
1: Uh-huh. Is there anybody
0: else? Do we want to talk? Uh, what else? What can you say? Sean Reed Foley went back down. Everyone, the the one thing that people kept saying about Sean Reed Foley is, is a, maybe a potential closer, maybe a reliever because he's got that attitude, got that that uh, intensity. Uh huh. That's dumb,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Because <laughs> uh, obviously the 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 next great closer for the blue jays is uh it does not have a lot of intensity. um he has been the close reliever before and he's a starter now. but uh when they when they move sanchez back to the bullpen maybe he'll bring out some more of that intensity. future closer Aaron Sanchez.
1: I mean, do you think we're having that conversation in a year?
0: Uh, uh, but you know
1: these... what? you know what he'll be going into his walk here I think uh, by then. Is that true? Oh my God. That, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow! I'd yeah, not, I would not have expected that. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think that that'll go over very well at Boris Corp. They will not stand for that kind of a those kind of shenanigans. Um, we will talk about that another time. So I think that's about it. What we're gonna do? We are gonna do a um, super bad this week. Super bad is, of course, the Patreon exclusive content. We do a, a segment. Sometimes it's off topic. Sometimes it's related to what we've been talking about. But it is only for the heroes who have headed over at some point in the last uh, 181 episodes. Three years running here at Birds All Day Corp. This is, no, four. 15, 16, 17. This is our fourth season.
1: That's crazy, yeah. I think
0: we've probably done more of these than we did the other one at this point.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. That's shocking. Yeah.
0: Shocking. Uh, But almost four years on. Four seasons worth of Birds (laughs) All Day. So thank you to everybody who has been uh sticking with us this whole time uh who has who enjoys uh, w- what we have to say and likes to, to tune in so for you if you have been to patreon.com/birds all day if you have kicked us a couple bucks to keep us living the style to which we have grown accustomed uh we have some we have these goodies for you and, and this week is a, is a fun one a bit of a thought experiment uh the the scourge if our friend richard Whittle, when he hears the we're talking about this conversation he's going to scream internally and externally uh, because we're going to talk about promotion and relegation. <laughs> so
1: we're going to talk about yeah, that, but in a,
0: in a baseball capacity. For once, this won't be a soccer podcast because that's what we talk about before we start to record. Uh, so make sure you head over there and and uh, be a part of the uh, of, of the show. Frankly, keep us running, keep us going, and uh, and, and again contribute and support the content that you value. Uh, and that's about it. We uh, will do that, and then we'll be back on a regular schedule next week when it'll be September, and maybe there'll be some last-minute deals made. It looks as though at some point this evening, Andrew McCutcheon, former National League MVP, uh, who's actually had a nice season for the Giants, has been traded to the Yankees. Because the Yankees' real problem was just not having enough good players. So they're going to trade for Andrew McCutcheon, and then they're going to call up Clint Frazier, and they're just going to have too many outfielders. So we've talked about Jacoby Ellsbury. No, they'll just go get Kutch, who's a really, really good and a, an insanely easy player to cheer for. And now he plays for the fucking Giants, uh, Yankees.
1: Yeah, that's trash.
0: And they're still the Red Sox. Steve Pierce, that's where we're all cheering for Steve Pierce, right? That's our emotional connection to the Red Sox. No,
1: no they can fuck right off.
0: Oh, Brewers, Brewers all day. Right. Get it. Eric, Eric Thames out there playing whenever he can and... Yeah, no defense, only dingers, brewers, baseball. Get about it. Uh, so if you haven't been to Patreon, so head up, I mentioned the Patreon. Mentioned, of course, uh, SoundCloud.com, iTunes, all those places, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, God only knows where else. Uh, find us, rate us, review us, keep us uh, keep us top of mind. You can also head over to Facebook.com slash All Day, where we, most of the time, link the episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most that's times.
0: The, that's the extent of the banter that goes on uh, there. Well, we, you know, if, if if you build it, they will come. I don't know. So, uh, so that's it, right?
1: I that's think it. so. Yeah.
0: All right. So for uh, Mister Inchstone, my name is Drew Fair. we will talk to you next time on Birds All Day.